Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, it's Cheryl Ackeson. Welcome to my latest podcast, which is actually just an audio file, but will be converted in the near future to a professional format. Thanks for your feedback on the previous podcast. I'd like to talk about the media's absent Russia mea culpa. First, Special Counsel Robert Mueller announced no further indictments, which meant the whole purpose of his investigation to investigate supposed collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia found no crimes related to collusion. What's more, according to the release summary, Mueller said he found not even what could be termed as coordination with Russia by Trump anyone in his campaign, or any American for that matter. Without knowing anything else, that's enough to conclude apologies are in order. However, judging by the recent past, apologies are not likely forthcoming from the responsible parties. In this context, I don't think it matters whether one is a supporter or a critic of President Trump. Whatever his supposed flaws, the rampant accusations and speculation that shrouded his presidency even before it began ultimately have proven unfounded on this point. In fact, with Mueller's findings so contrary to much of what was reported as if fact in the media, it makes me think of the 2016 election. As an aside, I predicted from the start of July 2015 that Trump would become president. I said so twice on national television. As you know, almost everyone else in the media said the opposite. Now, I'm no political expert. I just listen to all kinds of people I watched Hillary Clinton and Trump's rallies, and I looked not only at the polls, but I looked at who the polls questioned, and it was usually more Democrats than Republicans. After the election, as you'll recall, we in the media seemed to do a little bit of a mea culpa, at least briefly. We expressed shock and regret at our mistakes, and we vowed to never let it happen again. We promised a period of self-reflection to try to understand how we got it so wrong. To me now, it looks like we really didn't do any of that. We immediately embarked upon the Russia narrative with the same disregard for balance, evidence, and journalistic standards. Now, all along, Trump insisted the collusion allegation was untrue. Yet each time Trump said so, some of us in the media lampooned him. We treated any words he spoke in his own defense as if they were automatically to be disbelieved because he had uttered them. Some even declared his words to be lies, although they had no evidence to back up their claims. 
we in the media allowed unproven charges and false accusations to dominate the news landscape for more than two years in a way I think was wildly unbalanced and disproportionate to the evidence, at least the evidence we knew about at the time. We did a poor job of tracking down leaks of false information. We failed to reasonably weigh the motives of anonymous sources and of those claiming to have secret special evidence of Trump's treason. As such, we ended up reporting a tremendous amount of false information, always to Trump's detriment. And when we corrected our mistakes, we often doubled down more than we really apologized. We may have been technically wrong on that tiny point we would acknowledge, but in the same breath, we would insist that Trump was so obviously guilty of being Russian President Vladimir Putin's puppet that the technical details hardly mattered. So I think now a round of apologies seem to be in order. Apologies to Trump on behalf of those in the U.S. intelligence community, including the Department of Justice, the FBI, which allowed the weaponization of sensitive, intrusive intelligence tools used against innocent citizens like Carter Page, an advisor to Trump's presidential campaign. Apologies to Page himself, to Jerome Corsi, to Donald Trump Jr. and other citizens whose rights were violated or who were unfairly caught up in surveillance or the heated pursuit of charges based on little more than false, unproven opposition research paid for by Democrats in the Hillary Clinton campaign. Apologies for the stress on their jobs and to their families, the damage to their reputations, the money they had to spend to hire legal representation and defend themselves from charges for crimes they did not commit. Apologies on behalf of those in the intelligence community who leaked true information out of context sometimes to make Trump look guilty and who sometimes leaked false information to try to implicate or frame him. Apologies on behalf of those in the chain of command at the FBI and the Justice Department who were supposed to make sure that all information presented to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court is verified, but did not do so. Apologies from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court judges, who are supposed to serve as one of the few checks and balances to prevent the FBI from wiretapping innocent citizens, whether because of blind trust in the FBI or ignorance or malfeasance, they failed at this important job. Apologies to the American people who did not receive the full attention of their government while political points were being scored, who were not told about some important world events because they were crowded out of the news by the persistent insistence that Trump was working for Russia. Apologies all the way around. And now with those apologies handled, are more than apologies due? Should we try to learn more about those supposed Russian sources who provided false intel contained in the dossier against Trump, Page, and others? Should we learn how these sources came to the attention of ex-British spy Christopher Steele, who built the dossier and claimed that some of the sources he had were close to Putin? Where and when did Steele meet with these high-level Russian sources who provided the apparently false information? Are these the people who actually took proven concrete steps to interfere in the 2016 election and sabotage Trump's presidency beginning in its earliest days. Just who conspired to put this dossier into the hands of the FBI? Who within our intelligence community dropped the ball on verifying the information as they're required to do, and instead leaked it to the press and presented it to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court 
as if legitimate and verified. Sorry hardly seems to be enough. Will anyone be held accountable? I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will soon be switching to a professional downloadable format that will be available on popular podcast distribution sites. Thanks for listening. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.